Welcome to Disrespectfully Agree with LJ Noteman. I'm LJ. Across me is Oatman. Yay, yay. Star Trek. Everybody loves it. Well, of course, that's why they call it Star Trek. It's a terrible line. Uh, <laughs> it reminds me, there was a David Mamet did a movie, Heist. Yeah, I remember. It was a good movie. I did not care for it, but there's also a line Danny DeVito says that has bothered me ever since. Money. That's why they call it money. Uh, everybody wants money. That's why they call it money. And I had to think about that. I thought about that way too long, only to realize it's the stupidest <laughs> Everybody line. wants money. That's why they call it, it money. It means nothing. What does that mean? <laughs> anyway. All right. So let's take the temperature of the room. Star Trek. When did you come to it first? Ah, man, I was really young. I started with the original. Really? Oh, yeah. I started with the original, really liked it. I did not. I wasn't a fan. Obviously, it was before my time, but it just looked dumb to me. But my parents, uh, when the next gen came along, that was family viewing. Yeah, I started with the original and then the, the original movies. Oh, to be fair, the movies were first. Yeah. I did Wrath of Khan. I think it was probably my first. Uh, Loved it. Even as a kid, I thought that was dope. I enjoyed four. I watched all of them. I, I you know, I was disappointed <laughs> by. I went to the theater and saw five. Uh, oh my! Yeah. And also the theater to watch six, which was great. I kind Nicholas, of, I, I like five a lot better. What I do? Go find God and kill him movie? Well, no, I just like to. I, I, to me, it's, it's like a really bad joke. Like, what yeah, if you seek a out two hour long bad joke? No, but I like the idea. What if you seek out God and he's an asshole? Well, I mean, that's <laughs> like, a, yeah. Like, there's a scene in there. Look, I know it's a bad movie. I'm not arguing that. Okay, but there's a scene in there where God is extolling his virtues, mm-hmm. and oh, I will take your ship and I will go on to the universe. And then Kirk is standing back there in a very Kirkian moment. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, <clears throat> "Excuse me, uh, yeah. if if you're God, uh, why do you need our ship? Yeah, what does God need with the starship? <laughs> Dad, I think it's like bones or something. Like, hey, asshole, it's God. Don't start. He's like, no, seriously. Like, if you're God, what? Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that scene. That's a great scene." <laughs> And then it starts, like, shocking Kirk. I don't know. I think the highlight of the movie is when they're singing Row, 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 Your Boat. That's a great scene. That, I did that enjoy laugh, that that's scene. That's a wonderful scene. Uh, after that, not so much. That's a that's a wonderful scene. But I, I, when I watched the movie, I am gentler to it years later. Because when I first saw it, I hated it with a raw, unyielding yeah. passion. I mean, to be fair, I, I, I thought that was the worst Star Trek movie until Nemesis came along. Well, yeah. And not only that, after that, I, I've, I've seen Enterprise. I've seen a couple well, other sure, things. Yeah, you've been disappointed. <laughs> and so later, <laughs> later, in the, later after seeing it, I was like, you know what? This isn't so bad. And, and part of it, too, is anything where I can see Shatner... And Nimoy and McCoy together. And yeah. McCoy together. There's just something about there that is, chemistry yeah. that's just magic in a bottle. I will it, grant you that. It just really is. And and I love I love Next Gen, but there's something about the magic with those guys that's just is special. Yeah, I'll grant you that. Uh, uh, that trio is phenomenal that has never been surpassed absolutely in I agree the star with that. trek realm but I'd, I'd argue that next gen is a better show absolutely without without a doubt d space nine i go Wonderful i go back show. and forth between which one i like better next gen or d space nine um, oh that's easy <laughs> that's not a go back and forth. well I, i'll let me say all right d space nine is probably a better show no way but I like the cast on Next Gen better. No way is it better. There's nothing that... Next Gen is what? one amongst everything. Nothing surpasses it. All right. Then, but you also like Voyager. So we got to move. We got to okay. get to You're where right. we're going. Yeah, sorry. Go All ahead. right. So then Voyager happens and disappoints uh, so show. many people. And then no, Enterprise, and- <laughs> your boy Brandon Braga and Rick Berman destroy <laughs> Star Trek 
For a good decade and a half. That did not destroy it for a good decade. Yeah, Enterprise no, they did. did not. Yeah, it did. J.J. Abrams no, had to bring it back. No, no. You're wrong. You're wrong. What do you mean? I won't let you get that off. It can't, it's supposed to last for seven seasons. What happened with that is that the Star Trek thing was petering out, and this sort of was the end of that run. It was, it, that was, it was a terrible show. It was an awful show. And, and I know it's an awful show because I've seen every damn one of them. It's an I'd, awful show. I strapped myself to a chair with toothpicks and I watched every one. If of that them. show were good, I disagree. It would have lasted seven seasons. No, I disagree. I, I think that Star Trek got Star to, Trek fans abandoned the show. I think it got to a point of oversaturation where it needed a break. It needed to be revisited with new eyes. That's what I think happened to it. Yes, it was an awful show, but I don't think you can blame it for the decline of the series. I think the series needed a natural can we, break. Can we agree that both are true? Um, it needed a break, and the show helped kill Star Trek. I don't think for, it did. That. All right, forget it. I think that's that's a little unfair to the show. All right, I disagree. Um, <laughs> so JJ revitalizes Star Trek. Great first movie, mm. second movie not so much. Third movie is a weird thing, and then we come to Star Trek Discovery. They've brought it back. You have to buy a subscription to CBS All Access. Insanity, by the way. Can't watch it anywhere else, not in the States. Insanity, anywhere. I say. And you were deeply disappointed by that <laughs> news. It looked like, especially those first two episodes, exactly like the J.J. Abrams show. Star Trek is back on TV, sort of. All right, Star Trek apologist, give me your take. I'm a Star, I'm a Star Trek apologist. Yes, you are. I am not. You apologized for it just now. I hated Enterprise. What do you mean? I have my yeah, apologies yeah, yeah. for it. Whatever. I just Voyager. don't think that it. I don't think it kidnapped children. But I mean, it is bad. I used to have a uh, a younger brother. <laughs> In short, I think Enterprise is great. I think it's a really good show. Enterprise? Not Enterprise. Uh, Correct Discovery. yourself. Sorry. All right. Discovery is great, and I will say that Discovery had to grow on me. The look of it was jarring. In what way? Just that it's it's it looks like the see the th problem with the show is one of the things with the show is it takes place in the prime universe the original yeah. TV shows this is in that universe the J J Abrams show diverged into a different timeline this takes place in the original timeline at about the time of Kirk yeah. a little bit before but it looks exactly like the J J universe yeah and it was jarring in that. You know, Klingons are once again reimagined in mm, a sense. I oh, I I hated it, and the more I watched it, the more I hated what they did. I hated what they did at first. It it had to grow on me. I'll be honest. It, it had to grow. I, mean, on I me. understand why they did it because the Klingons they wanted to be even more alien and yeah. upsetting and scary. I didn't find them scarier, but I did find what they did with the Klingons upsetting. And maybe you have to change them in this way in order to accomplish that but i deeply hate what they've done with I, the Klingon I, culture i enjoyed that I, I thought it was done well uh like i said it took me a, at least three episodes to really start getting comfortable but yeah once it got its stride i thought it was great i mean there's nothing i will say this though there's nothing new here there is sure. not there's nothing revolutionary here nope there's nothing that's going to surprise you here. It's just sort of red meat for Star Trek audiences. It has some of the same tropes. Matter of fact, some of it may come off as flat out. Retread. Retread. But in this way, I kind of like that they retread it in a way because it allowed me access to a character that I was very unhappy with initially. Spoiler alerts for Star Trek Discovery. Warning. 
Which one? Character played by Michelle Yeoh. I was like, oh, oh yeah, uh, Captain. And, yeah, and then when they killed her, I was like, thank God. If I got to look at her anymore, be boring. I was really, uh, yeah, I was. And finally, when they re envisioned when her, they cast her, I was thought, okay, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. And then when I watched it, I like, like, oh, no, no, no this is awful. They ruined. But that. once That's they killed her, character. I was like, thank God she was awful. But then when they, <laughs> when they came back around with the alternate universe, I said, that's what I was expecting to see. Okay, I like this. This I can rock with. That second character, much more interesting to me, more potential conflict in the character that they created. And I really like the character that they have, and I forget his name, who plays like the captain now, or plays a captain, an interim captain. Yeah. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Which one? The bad guy from Patriot? No, the tall. Oh, yeah. We should have done our research on this one. But the alien guy, the guy who's uh, the fish in the shape of water. Yes, exactly. He's great. I liked him until we get to the episode. Now, this reminded me of a Brandon Braga episode of Star Trek. When they go to that planet and he starts to change. Here, okay, here's the you, thing. I know you don't like change. No, it's not that I don't like change. <laughs> they haven't earned it yet. We don't know these characters yet. So I don't, um, it's impossible for me to say which, if he's truly acting that far out of his own well, I, I can't range. I, I can't disagree with that more strongly. With that character, we firmly rooted him in a moral universe. So we know that when he does act in a different way, he's definitely. But this is from, not the same moral Star Trek universe. Yeah, but still, he, he's definitely. They have not set up the rules the same way Star Trek has been, which is that I these people that. are moral and competent. No, I think default. You're, I think you're missing that. I think particularly in the personal interactions that he's had with our protagonist, which you, were like three or four. No, he's had more than that. Are you kidding me? This what? was like episode three or four. It d- doesn't matter. He has set up sort of a relationship. So we kind of know who this guy is. And here's the thing about good writing. When you do it well, you don't have to do it long. You know, we used to have a saying in theater. If you do it well. If you do it well. If you're a good actor, you should be able to establish your character by how you walk through a door. Sure. And so I think he's firmly established. We get a sense of. of I, I did get a sense of how he walked. <laughs> I got that very clearly. <laughs> A sense of who he is, I got a hint, but it's it was too early to do the, okay, he's acting weird, and this is not the way he's supposed to be. I didn't know that at that point. Okay. In any case, back to why the show's great for you. I just think it was really well done. It was one of those things where it, it just uh, was very competently done. It was very well written. The special effects were good. Sure. The stories were really good. The twists were good. Uh, and there are a bunch of little twists in here, mm-hmm. some of which I got, some of them I didn't. I just thought it was really well done. But it's nothing revolutionary here. Did you know that all of the uh, humans in the mirror universe were extremely light sensitive? I didn't. Nobody did. Yeah, did. That was some bullshit, man. You didn't like that? It, well, the problem is that's never been a thing, and it couldn't have been a thing because then it wouldn't have been a surprise it just is all of a sudden, oh, light bothers her. Wait, I know somebody who's also bothered by light. Oh, shit. But when you, when you look back at them, and I, I did I did look back, when you look in that universe, everything is dark. Everything is darkened. I mean, in some ways, okay. in some ways, even though you've never seen the, <laughs> you've never seen the film, 
but there's a scene in the crying game where the lead character, Jay Davidson, mm-hmm. reveals that she is in fact a trans woman and has a penis. And everybody, oh my God, how do we miss that? But then when you rewind. The, I, I got you. Well, but, you didn't let me finish, so you can't. Oh my me. God. So when we rewind the, the show, you realize that every single scene that that character has appeared in is a drag bar with a bunch of drag queens all over the place in frame everywhere. So it was sort of like, well, you know, there was some indication. Yeah, that, sure. I mean, it, it, as long as they play by the rules, it's, it's, yeah, it's my, I, uh, Sixth Sense and, and is so, another example of and so the first thing I look playing back by at, the rules. Yeah, when I look back, I was like, were they in lit rooms and then all of a sudden now everybody got a problem with their eyes? And when I look back, I was like, no, they're not. They played it by the rules. If you're playing by the rules, you got to go back to the other series. That's the problem here is they're throwing those away. I mean, O'Brien and among others are smiley. Do you want to call them from the mirror universe? Well, I, I didn't connect. They've been in the light universe. But they, I didn't connect this to that. I connect. It is that though. This is the same universe. I, I disagree with that. They, what do you mean? How can, I, that's, I, they've I, designed this to be in the prime universe. That's yeah, the I understand, point. but I see this as a separate series. And I so think, you're creating a mental wall and ignoring not, not the a intention. Men, not not a mental the, wall, but I'm seeing this as a new series. Sounds and, like denial. Well, not denial. I mean, <laughs> if we start making that argument, then the Klingons then don't make sense at all. I agree. <laughs> but this is a <laughs> but I mean, but this is clearly a different but thing. It, but it should have been a clearly different thing. But well, they didn't choose to do well, that. Well, look, look, the technology in the old series. I mean, they were basically pressing buttons on cardboard boxes. No, I this, got you. This doesn't match that. So I mean, at a certain point, no, I got you. You got to see this as as what it is. Absolutely. There's certainly yes. You have to update these things and blah blah blah. But well, you don't have to. Well, yeah, you don't have to, but they chose to. They chose. But they also, they didn't have to make this in the prime universe. I think it's fine that it's in that universe. I don't don't think that's an issue. But it doesn't work. I think it's fine. I really do. I think it's fine. You like Voyager, though. Voyager's a great show. Uh, Many agree with you. All right, here's my turn. (laughs) Star Trek Discovery, here's my problem with it, is that the tone of this universe, and they try and justify it, and they do an interesting job of justifying it with the incorporation of the mirror universe twist. Um, But the tone, regardless of that, even if we take that aside for a moment, the tone of this universe and the people on this ship and in Starfleet is not one of competence. A lot of the characters in the show make decisions that teenagers in horror movies make. They make bad choices that don't make sense unless you want something bad to happen as a writer. Examples. The monster that they catch that they use to help them with the spore teleportation device. Mm -hmm. When they find that thing, Cylon from Battlestar Galactica, what's her name, comes in and says, you know what? You're taking too long. I'm just going to open up this cage and point a gun at it and hope everything works out. Well, that seems like a terrible idea. She dies instantly. Of course she does. Super smart guy who's redhead, blonde, whatever he is, engineery, scientist guy. I'm good. You know what? I just nearly killed myself doing 500 jumps real quick. You know, I'll do one more just to get us home, even though there's no reason to do that. It's such a telegraphed, oh, something bad's going to happen. I think you've done what, what I think most people who are Star Trek people do. And I think they do it subconsciously. I think what they do is 
mentally, they jumpstart the series from next gen. So that level of professionalism and making good decisions and not being the teenager in the forest making dumb decisions, that really started with next gen. Yeah, I agree. That, that it became a, this professional organization. But if this is really set in, in the prime universe, really set in Kirk's ear, yeah. have you watched, watched the first one? No, I it is literally filled with idiotic decision. Wait a minute. I'm the captain of the ship. I know what I'll do. Let me go down and fight with uh, animals and get my shirt ripped off. That makes no sense. No, I got you. Next Gen was the first one that actually imposed sort of a systematic logic that would go with an organization that deals with exploration and sort of even a militaristic side. But I think this is very much in keeping in the tradition of the first one, which is the universe in which it is set. Right, but even in the original series, there was a, we're the crew, we are Starfleet, we do not fight amongst ourselves, unless there's some kind of, uh, you know, outside weird force happening. But the crew on this starship are not a unit. They are not together. They can't trust each other. They want to, some of them, Hmm. but they can't. And so, because of that unease... How How often have you watched the first one? I've watched probably half of them. You need to watch them again. I don't know that you are firmly firmly based in that series, because if you were firmly based in that series, I just don't know how you make the argument that this one... Gene Roddenberry said that about the show. Nobody in Starfleet was, and the writers complained about it, there was no conflict amongst the Starfleet members, Well, that, members that, on the ship. Well, that's kind of not true. I think the They find ways around it. I think the original series was kind of built on conflict. Like the main reason that we love McCoy and that we love Spock is because they're always at odds. They bicker, but it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. No, it's not. They wouldn't stab each other in the back or go. Uh, when, 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 when Bones went after Spock because he was leaving Kirk on the planet and Spock wanted to leave him because it was a logical thing. They weren't just fighting over cookie recipes. They, they were clashing hard. Yeah. And he was challenging his, his then. Yeah, but you knew where you stood. On Discovery, you don't. I don't. I don't know that I see that. I. I. I think you see a lot more conflict on that ship than I see. I don't see conflict. There's a general tone of distrust. Now, give me. Give me an example, because I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, the only things that I've seen, I've seen a little bickering, like I would see on the original, but I haven't seen anybody undercutting anybody, other than they have one kind of main plot point that they use to jump off the Klingon war. But that's just one. But in general, I don't see that as being true of that cast that I've seen. The scientist blonde engineer guy doesn't seem to trust anybody. Burnham doesn't. But but, but, uh, but, let's, but let's, let's contextualize that. They explain that, that he's not Starfleet. He's a guy that has been marooned into Starfleet, who's actually a scientist who's really not a Starfleet guy that they're pulling in order to work this drive. Yeah, I got So you. some of his issues have to do with the fact that he is, in fact, not part of the crew. So if we, if we put that lens on it. I don't we, remember them saying that, that he wasn't Starfleet. Well, then you weren't paying attention. He wasn't Starfleet. He was a scientist, and they hijacked his research and then brought him in to then run that research. And so if you go to the original series, we have tons of examples of scientists that get brought onto the ship or people who are outside of the ship who then come into conflict because, like in some ways, that's just the old trope. Like, see, what you see as being divergent, I see as being old hat. So when I saw him on there arguing with him because he's this scientist who's been brought in, my response was, oh, here they go ripping off the original series again. Yeah, well, maybe that's why I don't like the original series. It's, <laughs> it could be. It's, it, I, I saw it as 
derivative. I know what this is. Like when they brought William Marshall onto the original and William Marshall was a scientist and they took his research and he didn't like how they were using it. And he's mm-hmm. arguing with Kirk. It was sort of that. And we, All right, fine. If it's a truly original series and that's why I don't like it. It's characters making unethical, stupid choices that I don't think the evolved quote-unquote, more intelligent characters. But but that's Star uh, Trek, though. No, that's original series. But that, yeah, that's the original. Opinion. That's not what I want. Well, I'm just saying, like, it's what I said in the, in the beginning of my thesis. I got you. You have restarted it from Next Gen, but if if you go from the original source material, as created by Gene Roddenberry, and this is supposed to be set in that universe, then we may not like the rules that they're following, but they're following a lot and of the And you can't rules. have it both ways. <laughs> that is both them. following the rules and doesn't matter what the old rules were. Doesn't have to adhere to the old universe. I didn't say it. I, I'm saying I don't know that it has to go point by point of the old universe. I I allow for it, some creative, just the way that if you really look at what they did on Deep Space Nine, they didn't adhere to the original version of what the Ferengi was. When you saw the Ferengi, they were almost animalistic. Yeah, they made them better. But but, <laughs> but they're not following the original rules. And yeah. here's the thing. I did. I have no problem with changes if they were. Say, I'm not, if they come up with an idea that is better, my great. Only, my only point is I didn't knock them for adding some creative change to that. Or, or Look, when or, they changed the Klingons the first time, it was for the better. Well, I'm not against change. I'm against making things argue, worse. I would argue on the show that they work fine. I think the Klingons in this show, for me, are far better than the Klingons in the original series. I'll agree with, with you there. Sure. The Klingons in the original series were terrible. Yeah. I mean, so. They're just Russians with beards, you know, red beards. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I thought, I thought they, cr- they worked really harder to make them. They fixed alien. the Klingon later. Yeah, so I, I have no problem with that, but I, I like the original series too. You're not a original no, guy. You, you just like that one, that one time. I that like we the cr- movies. Well, I like the movies too. I like, I like all of and them. And the trouble with tribbles. <laughs> I love that episode as well. But see, I am more of a holistic Star Trek lover. You're more of a boutique Star Trek lover. Yeah, I'm, you mean my, uh, my taste is more evolved. Uh, I think is what you're saying. If, if, <laughs> if you want to say so, I'll go for that. If you want to say more of all, fine. Well, for me, I like all of those universes, and I don't think the contradictions that lay between them, they don't bother me. It doesn't bother me that Deep Space Nine takes the Ferengi that's in Next Gen and really just makes them a whole different character. I yeah. mean, they, they totally... But way better. I mean, the Ferengi were terrible in the in Next Gen. But see, I disagree with that. Oh, my God. I think, you know, them being these animalistic characters, I thought that worked great for next year. Every time Ferengi showed up, <laughs> I was annoyed. No, I It thought- wasn't until Quark came along and was like, Oh, and when when I saw Quark was the main character, I'm like, oh, God, okay, more Ferengi. I, I thought it worked fine for that. But then I also like what they did when they sort of took it really, in a, and essentially they just rewrote it. Yeah. They rewrote that entire race of people. Yeah. Which I'm fine with. I don't mind that they took um, you can't, you can't, quit, Worf. Quit putting me in the realm of no, change bad. I don't. I'm no, not. I'm just saying. I'm I'm, not saying I, I like bad. that they took Worf and completely rewrote the Klingon race. Yeah, completely rewrote them. Yeah, better. 
And so, I mean, I don't mind that. Yeah, I have no and, problem with that either. And I, But I think what they did on Discovery is better than what the original did. Uh, I think that's a change. Well, than the original, yes. I'll agree. Yeah, I think they rewrote it. And I think that's a rewrite better. It's in that universe, but I think they're a little more complex. Because I think sure. we, we but, as viewers. The, the Klingons in the original series are not complex. No, they're not very it's, complex. It's just a, it's a clear allegory to just yeah, the Russians. Cold War. And- yeah. <laughs> There's nothing there. Yeah. And they don't even have anything alien about them. They're just guys no. in dark makeup. They all wear the same clothes. They all wear the same clothes. I, I thought this was a more interesting. Which always bothered me about the Star Just Star Trek in general. Random tangent. <laughs> Every race except for human wears the exact same, same outfit. Whatever. They're God. uniforms, I guess. That's how You go to the Romulan planet. There are plenty of people wears the same <laughs> triangle shoulder pads, whether they're military or not. Outrageous. Fair point. And they all have the same haircut. Fair point. Why is it? Why? I thought what they did with that captured Klingon, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. I, I like that. And then I like how they concluded her arc because I was wondering, okay, what are we going to do with this guy? So we're going to keep her in a cell the rest of the series? But the way in which they kind of put it in that crescendo, I was like, that's interesting. Or the love story where they basically People had, can't see me, but I'm I'm falling asleep. I know. They did a thing where they um did almost a, a what is that, by Munchen, what is that called? Munchhausen Center? Baron Munchhausen? What's, is that what it's called? Where What is it called when you uh, start developing feelings for your captor oh uh stockholm syndrome thank you brother stockholm syndrome so they they have that kind of storyline on there and then we end up finding that it even has these biological properties to it i thought that was interesting it's unclear one thing that did bother me a little bit is unclear what the hell the double agent guy is are we supposed to not know really what he is i think that he's a he is a starfleet soldier who had a alien consciousness planted on top of his own. But why did they need to do all the weird, like, take out bones and. Yeah, my, my only thought to that, and that's a fair question, is that if the Klingons were to do something, it would probably invoke. It would just, that's <laughs> just how un- they. A lot of unnecessary surgery. Yeah, I got a feeling if, like, the Vulcans <laughs> did it, it would just be a mind melt. Sure. But because it's Klingon, it has to include oh, bones. A lot of bone saws. And- <laughs> yeah, but I thought that was pretty good. And I thought that relationship between them was interesting which two yeah him and the cap the the the, burnham or the uh the the guy who was the klingon agent and the chick who was torturing right right, right. and that was really interesting how they had that tender relationship speaking of which that was so is another problem with i have with the show is that it's clearly if anybody just took a moment to question he's clearly a problem who the double agent guy. What's I can't remember their names. Yeah, I forget. That's another problem I have with the show. Like nobody, I have no idea the names of any of these characters. But he's clearly a problem. Like it, he's just instantly trust, and it's so transparent that he's been placed there, and it's just something the writers wanted to have happen. So the captain's like, yeah, it's fine. Despite even after that, all of his clear mental issues, everybody's just like, nah, it's probably no big deal. That's a fair point, but it's very Star Trek. Mm, maybe the original series. Even in next gen, you see that. If I had a nickel every time somebody jumped off a medical bed, we're like, why weren't there guards there like, watching this person? <laughs> yeah, but they don't put a phaser back in his hands, let him go back on the. I don't know. Like when they had the that, when they had that mega criminal who had been from that planet on next gen and, and he had been sort of this super secret agent who had all these powers and stuff. I was like, man, y'all should have been guarding that dude a little closely. How did he get up and get a phaser in his hand? <laughs> like, but so I, I get your point and I don't disagree with it. But I also think that's a very 
Star Trekky kind of thing. Yeah, I well, guess. So- I mean, in, in the fruit salad of Star Trek, anything counts. I guess it's just I don't like every. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I could disagree- do without the apple slices in my fruit salad. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I'm not disagreeing with you that some of that didn't make sense to me while he wasn't really imprisoned. I mean, he really needs yeah. to be imprisoned and then studied by scientists or put off on a planet somewhere or something. But it's very Star Trek-y in that. I'll say one last <clears throat> thing on it, and that is, and maybe, as you say, this is true to the original, but to me, this show, the things that I look back on Star Trek as things I enjoy is that nothing else was like it. And this feels like a show that is chasing the trends of what TV is now. True. Definitely. And I don't... That's very true. I don't like what TV is now. I just... It, the Well, some good stuff in there. It chases... There's, yeah, there's occasional thing, but the idea of TV now is if it's dark and you hate all of the characters... That's good. But see, I don't hate all the characters. I know, but they, look, I just let me speak in broad strokes here for Sorry. a second. Just generally, the tone is it's dark, bad things happen, bad people are involved and they're doing bad things, and you're not really going to want to go along with these people or spend time with them, but it sure looks like we spent a lot of money on this. It's competently shot. It's well-produced. Your framing is way off. That's not this. That's what TV is now, but and that's this feels what, like it's... But that's not what this is. I'm not saying it's exactly that, but it's, it's changed. That. some of those trends it's not near that most of the characters on here are likable first of all i disagree well you're nuts the the lead character is, is fairly likable she's okay yeah she's okay the one character that starts out as very unlikable is the scientist becomes way more i never could get a feel for him i could never get my yeah but I he becomes a, he becomes way more sympathetic was. the doctor he becomes more sympathetic but i never understand i never get a real firm grasp on who he is my, my point being is that and then we have the little red-haired girl with the pimples on her face but the characters in here are not unlikable or created as unlikable like i agree with you about some television shows where you know it's uh, who's afraid of murder or, or get away with murder where it's a bunch of assholes that you don't like very much or the uh, house of cards house of cards but that's not this though these are these characters are pretty damn likable the tall mm, alien is likable uh, M- michelle yo is boring but likable she's not a nasty I, personality yeah, i don't care but it, the 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 tall alien guy is the closest thing they have. The lead character is pretty likable. I like the captain who turns out to be from another place. He's pretty good. I mean, they got a lot of. He's a good villain. Well, I mean, we find out later, but up until then, he's pretty likable. I found him to be. I I was not at all surprised. <laughs> By his turn, I was com- I was distrustful of him from the start. I think you're just a heartacher sometimes. <laughs> you are a hard-hearted man. I thought a lot of the characters were fairly likable. Like my problem wasn't likability. My problem was I thought a couple if, of them were boring. Sure. I thought Michelle Yo, yeah. who I really wanted to, see, I just thought she was dull. Yeah. So I didn't feel like I was. But watching. that's true to Star Trek. I mean, if you watch Enterprise, yeah. that's what Star Trek is. I, I don't know that boring would, ass characters. I don't know that I would agree <laughs> with that. I've always thought that the characters were pretty vivid. I thought she was very blandly drawn. Sure. But I didn't see many that were dislikable, like House of Cards. Like, those are some despicable people. Sure. I'm like, not saying it's to that extreme, but it's it, these aren't characters I want to spend time with. I, I did stop about two-thirds of the way through watching these episodes, and I just had to take a break. I'm like, I don't want to go back to this. This universe is unpleasant to be in. Huh. I, I guess we just disagree. Now, I, I didn't find that. Now, I stopped after a couple of episodes just because I found it difficult to acclimate to the look. 
like taking J.J. Abrams' vision yeah. and putting it in a series. It, it died down after the first two episodes. Yeah, two they or three it episodes. Down. It just, you know, with the shifting and the, it just was rough. It's just a lot of Dutch angles. Yeah, it was a lot of that. And then after I got used to that, then I start getting into the episodes. And then when they kill Michelle, yo, thank God she's gone. So then it got kind of interesting. I guess I'll I just go back to, to me, Star Trek Discovery, for the most part, that universe is unpleasant. I don't look forward to going back there. I do. I guess that that's, yeah, we're just different. I, I thought it was good. For me, my only hope is, now that you've gotten that first season under your belt, I just want to see you do what I think Deep Space Nine did, which is, it took what was given to it, it honored that, but then it... Set its own path. It set its own path and surprised me a little bit and did stuff that was, I want to see Discovery do that. Cause to me, I wouldn't say that it was boring, but there was just nothing, you know, I think they thought, Hey, we're going to throw a same sex couple at you. Look how out of the box we are. You need to yeah, actually yeah. do something with the way in which you define these characters that sets your own path. But they use the F word. <laughs> what more do you want? I just want to see them take more risks. Because for me, it just seemed. I want to feel like there's a family on well, that show. I, mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I need that from a series. But well, that's what Enterprise was. Next Gen had. That's what D Space Nine had. There was a sense of community on both of those shows that I really appreciated. Yeah, but I, I think I, I say I don't. When I say I don't think it needs that, I'm not saying that that I don't think that they don't have it. I'm saying I see some of that and you don't. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I kind of see them doing scenes that I found really interesting, like when she had that back and forth with the red haired girl and she kind of, I don't say she betrays her, but she doesn't stand up for her and then comes around and she does or, or some of those scenes. I thought, I think a little of that shows that they're kind of a crew. I think there's a little bit of that. I think the only thing that, that they have to do if they want to meet that bar is that they need to turn more of their ancillary characters. Yeah, I don't into, know who. They show into, us the bridge crew all the time. Yeah. Like we're supposed to know who these people are. They need to turn them into fuller characters and, and what they're essentially doing. And I remember thinking this as I was watching it. Like 80% that of that bridge crew is anonymous. Yeah, and what I was going to say is they're doing the same thing that the original did. Yeah, yeah. Which was they took all these bridge crew people and they waited to almost 20 years later to start developing them in the movies. Because mm-hmm. if you ever watch the series, yeah, it's check very off little Chekhov, yeah. very little Sulu, Sulu yeah. very little Aurora. Uhura. Uhura. There's very little Man, development. still got it wrong. <laughs> Close enough. Star so, Trek fan, my ass. <laughs> so they they waited to almost twenty years later, and I know that it's hard, but I would like to see them in that second season at least pick one or two of those characters and give them a storyline, like the lady with the weird metal in her face. Yeah, they, they've done nothing with her. Yeah, they've done, but that's but again, that's the original. Yeah, fine. I don't that's, like it. That's the original. And that's okay for the first season. What I would like them to do is... is the problem do- is it ended with, hey, remember the first show? Remember the original series? Yeah, it's going to be more of that. It's going to be even more like that because guess what? Enterprise. Yeah, I, I like that. I thought that was nice. Sure, but what doesn't I would suggest like to, divergence though. What I would like to do or like to see it do is to accomplish something the original didn't. And the original was great, but I would like to see them develop a few of those characters, one or two of them, in real time. I'd because like the, more the, than one or two. 
I don't know if you can do more on one or two and still stick with the principles. It's just, I don't know that there's enough space. But one or two would be fine. Just kind of slowly develop some of those people into be more full characters with an arc. Now, what Next Gen did was amazing. They managed to develop characters with wide arcs and still maintain their originals. And I think a lot of it, because a lot of it wasn't action-based. A lot of next gen happens in rooms and shit. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of them going from one room to another and you're developing characters. This series is much more action based, yep. but I, I would be okay if they peel back some of the action and just study an anomaly for a show. You know, they would have those yeah, shows. Sure. Science episodes. Yeah, they would have those shows <laughs> of next gen where there was really nothing going on. Like, they were just studying some phenomena. And then during those episodes. There'd be episodes, something going on on the ship. Exactly. And that's where we could start yeah. getting these characters developed. I would be okay. Like, Data has to go between uh, Keiko and O'Brien. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And try and save this wedding. Absolutely. If we just threw a couple of those in, and we don't need to fight with the Klingons. Speaking episode, of which, the best episode of Discovery, for my money, and I still have a problem with it, was the time travel episode. Time travel episode? Mud shows up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that was, was a good one. That was a good one, except they take a lot of shortcuts on getting the characters up to speed or just magically knowing stuff they shouldn't yeah, have the, known. The one thing... one. I, I, absolutely. One beef I had with that show is it almost demands that you know who Harry Mudd is from the original. And if you don't, I think it lessens you. You have to know him, Harry I Mudd? think you do to Why? really get it. I mean, you got to know what a rascal he was in a little, a little bit of the original show. I think it helped understand that show better. Because they were doing some things where I was like, that dude's a threat. Yeah. You should treat him like a criminal. You should shoot that guy in the face. In the original series? or No, in, in, the, in the newer version. They didn't treat. Yeah, I guess they did let him off. Yeah, they kind of treated <laughs> him like, oh, he's just, he's just, right. a, he's just a rascal. Ah, no, that guy. He's a dangerous criminal. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I think they were kind of basing it on the original character who was kind of a lovable the trickster. Imp- yeah. yeah, like a little bit of a trickster. But I liked that episode. I thought it was good. I thought, I think it was Rain Wilson played it, yeah. right? <laughs> I thought that was great casting. Yeah. But I would love to just, if they threw about three episodes in there where there are no battles, Nothing happening. It's just some interesting stuff happening on the ship. Somebody's yeah. getting married or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. You know, next gen Data was gets the, put on trial. Oh my good. Next gen was the king of that. Yeah. Like I remember the episode where Data is on trial for being human or whatever. Yeah, for being property. For being property and is he human or is he real? Such a wonderful episode. It could have been a play. Yeah, I think it was, it was called the drumhead or something like no, that. No, it was um What was it? What am I what was it? A measure of a man. Measure of a Man. Ah, wonderful, wonderful episode. I think if Discovery put a couple of those in there, it might raise its stock a little bit. I don't think it's interested in doing that. It could be. I think I think it could it be. It could, but I don't think they're interested. I, it, to me, it almost seemed like they needed to prove that they could exist in this J.J. Abrams age of Star Trek. I guess. Where, where it's a lot of action and stuff flying past each other and all that. I mean, Star Trek isn't... I mean, I don't know. It's Once you got a Fast and Furious director for Star Trek, it's just... It's no longer the thing anymore that it was. And it's, it's fine if it's a new thing. It's just not for me. Hmm. We'll see. I think this one has some potential. Really do. I think if we slow it up a little bit, I think you'll see good things. I think nice. some of the some I of mean, the things to fair, are to be fair. The first season of Next Gen not so hot. Not so hot. It, it's kind of, I always think one of the most fascinating things it is for me in television is to go back and see the first season or the first 
five or six episodes. First season of D Space Nine, not so hot. Before, Actually, first like two or three. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I hated yeah. Avery Brooks on that show. Yeah, I didn't like him. Oh, I didn't like him. He, it's once, you know, oh. I guess he didn't like having the hair. Yeah. But when they finally let him shave the hair, it's like he became the character finally. Absolutely. But I think, I always think it's fascinating to see before the writers have figured out who the character is, and you see those first couple episodes, and you can tell that the character is definitively different from what we've come to know as the character, because you can tell it took them a while to find that character, and that's both actor and director and writer, and they finally get into this groove and say, okay, this is who the character is. I always love that. That's always a fascinating thing when you see the early episodes or something like, if you ever watched the original pilot of Star Trek, yeah, yeah, the cage. And, and see, look what what they were doing with Spock. Spock's a totally yeah, yeah, different yeah, yeah. character. Yeah, he's got plenty of emotions. Also, really different kind of show. I mean, that yeah. that first episode is much more what you would expect to see of sci-fi. Yeah, of the time. You're right. It's very think. schlocky. It's here's uh, a female. <laughs> <laughs> Now, mate, human, <laughs> we will observe and witness. And he's like, Captain, and they just showing Spock, and he's all emotional and yeah, jumping yeah. all over the place. And I'm like, yeah. What is this? They, they didn't know. <laughs> they had no idea what that was. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think we've disrespectfully disagreed. Agreed. Oh, sh- right. <laughs> and with that, we will talk at you next time. Peace and chicken grease. <laughs> <laughs>